Good morning, everyone. And good morning to those watching online as well. If you are here this morning, give yourself a pat on the back because you got up on Time Change Sunday, and I commend you for that. So, good morning. A um, couple of quick announcements. March the 14th, that's this Tuesday, if you signed up with uh, Reverend Ken Casey and Peggy Casey, they're doing the, a biblical history trip to LaGrange, Georgia. And they wanted me to remind you that if you're on that trip, you're leaving at 6.30, and they want you here at 6.15 in the morning. That is dedication. When uh, I heard what time they were leaving, I thought, I'm not going on that trip. So, uh, but they're going to have a blast. And me and Pastor Sam want to hear about the trouble you all get into. We want it to be more than what the youth group or children would do. So um, the United Methodist Women have a luncheon tomorrow. Uh, Gail Hyatt's going to be here. She is the lay leader for um, the North Alabama Conference. And she's, Gail Hyatt's really, really cool. Um, she is part of the new Methodist church that has started in Albertville. Um, so you really want to come here, Gail Hyatt. And Dolores Abney, where are you? Oh, Dolores Abney has her hand up. If you want to sign up and you haven't signed up for that luncheon tomorrow, find Dolores after, after the service or call her first thing in the morning so you can sign up for lunch. Um, this is a ways away, but Holy Week, the week of Easter, um, April 2nd through the 7th, we have awesome services at noon, great speakers lined up, so mark that in your calendar and make sure you're here for that. Um, this past Wednesday... Pastor Sam went on a youth group trip. We went to Southside United Methodist. We had a blast. And our friends from Southside will be here during Holy Week as their preacher is going to be here that Friday. So they'll be joining us. Um, Catherine Barnes and the children are having an Easter egg hunt on April 8th. And she is collecting candy. So you can donate that and ask Catherine how you can help with the egg hunt. Um, Robbie's of Fayette is having a trunk show on March 16th from 10 to 3. It's a clothing sale upstairs in the gathering room. Everybody always loves it. And um, all the money, the proceeds from that go to the children's ministry as well. Uh, and my last announcement, uh, I hope you like to clean because on March 24th and 25th, we're having spring cleaning days here at the church. And you get to come and clean and have a good time, get us all ready for Easter. So you're welcome to be a part of that as well. And you can sign up to do that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come together on Time Change Sunday and worship together. Um, we pray that you'll calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Please remain standing and join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. It's good to be back. It's good to see you from this point of view. And I'm glad to be here with you. And welcome to those who are worshiping live stream. This is the point in the service where we get to extend our thanks to God in the form of our tithes and offerings. We always ask you to serve. We always ask you to give. And we do that because it's a blessing to others and it's a blessing to you. And that's the way God made us, is to be blessed and to be a blessing to others. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, every good and perfect gift comes from your hand. We are so thankful that you have blessed us in so many ways. And God, our response to your goodness is to share. We share these tithes and offerings, and we share our lives with others, Lord, so that they also might know your salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
you. Please be seated. Uh, Miss Catherine is going to take our children to Children's Church now. So all my friends join Miss Catherine over here to my left and to your right. Here we go. All right. The rest of us are going to get to sing one of my favorite hymns in this hymnal is number 526. What a friend we have in Jesus. Will you sing this song with me? Let's stand together as we sing. Our scripture today comes from John chapter 4, verses 5 through 42. I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles, if you brought your Bibles today, or follow along on the screen up there. I'd like to, to thank um, Sheila for getting that beautiful artwork up there for us. And this, um, we just had International Women's Day, and just a, a bit of trivia that I didn't even know until someone pointed this out. This this was done by a woman artist, this, this picture of Jesus and the woman at the well. So um, follow along now or, or just enjoy that beautiful artwork as we read God's word today. But he had to go through Samaria, that's verse four. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. 
Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flock drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep going, coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. The woman answered to him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. who is called Christ, when he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then the disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see the man who told me everything I've ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, surely no one's brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest comes? But I tell you, look around and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. 
For here, the, the whole saying holds true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into this labor, into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I've ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it's no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this is truly the savior of the world. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Was about 20 years ago or so, um, I remember that because our kids were little and um, we were in that stage of life where it seemed like everything was hard. Having, having the kids was hard. I was in a church that was in a, just kind of like a difficult, tumultuous kind of situation and I felt like that life was just chewing me up and spitting me out. And so I went to see my pastoral counselor friend and I said, I need help. And so the first two times I went to see him, I did nothing but just, just unload. Man, I just, I just vented all of my problems and all of my concerns and told him what everybody else was doing that was, that was you know, chewing me up and spitting me out. So that, was, that took like the first two meetings that I had with him. But about the third time, he, he stopped me and he said something I'll never forget. He said, Sam, you gotta get curious. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, you know, you, you've gone down the road of being critical and you've gone down the road of being cynical, but what if you stopped and just was curious and said, what's going on here? And what could I learn? And what's my part in this equation? And that's always stuck with me. Can you stop and just be curious? I think about Moses and, and in the desert, uh, keeping his father-in-law's flock, okay? He worked for his father-in-law for 40 years. Now, just let that sink in for a minute. He, every day, out in the desert, every day, it was the same thing. Take the sheep here, take the sheep there, find something to eat, find something to drink. I always pictured him, well, first of all, he looks like Charlton Heston, I'm convinced, right? And then I always, another thing I always picture is, you know the Looney Tunes cartoon where, you have the sheepdog and, and Wiley Coyote and they have the time clock on the tree and they're like, morning, Sam, and they clock in. And so I think about him, 40 years in the desert, he clocks in his time clock on the tree. He's out there on the job. Every day's the same. Probably boring, you know? But one day, <laughs> except that one day, he saw a bush that was on fire, but it wasn't burning up. It was just on fire. And he thought to himself, hmm, how is it that a bush can be on fire but not be consumed? And Exodus 3.3 3 says this. I like the way it, it's worded in Scripture. It says, Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight. And I've often wondered what would happen if he had not stopped and gotten curious. I must turn aside and see what's going on here. 
I think by now, uh, y'all know how much I love the Bible. I love to read it. I love to study it. I love to teach it. I love to preach it. I have loved the Bible since before I could read because my grandmother read to me the stories in the Bible, and I loved it then. But after as many times as I've read something in the Bible, if I stop and if I get curious, okay, then something new comes off those pages. Something, something I maybe never thought of before. And this time, when I was looking at this week's gospel for this message today, there were three words that, that stuck in my spiritual crawl, and I couldn't get rid of them. And those three words are, how is it? How is it? You know, you've got the normal thing that usually goes, and then something's very, very different. How is it? Can you, can you have the holy curiosity enough to stop and, and, and to use those three words? Because I think God is found in the midst of that holy curiosity. What's going on here, God? Do I need to take my shoes off? I don't want to miss it, you know? I don't want to just go on about my day. That holy curiosity. So, in... John chapter 4, Jesus is leaving Judea. He's going back to Galilee. Well, first of all, he's leaving Judea, going back to Galilee, because a bunch of the Pharisees were spreading false rumors about him and trying to stir up division. Spreading false rumors, trying to stir up division? Oh, no, that could never be. That was supposed to be sarcasm, in case you didn't catch that. And in verse 4, verse 4, if you just stop and dwell on verse 4 for a little bit it says but he had to go through Samaria and okay let's get curious and let's ask our first how is it how is it that Jesus took that route back to Galilee the route that went through Samaria now if you look at a map and, and see how do you get from from uh Judea to, to Galilee, then the most direct route is to go straight up north through Samaria. That would be the simplest thing. But that was not what every good Jew in Jesus' day would have done. Instead, they would have crossed over the Jordan River, gone up north, and then crossed back over to get into Galilee. Why would they go to all that trouble? Well, simply put, because they hated Samaritans. The Jews hated Samaritans. And it was a bitter hatred and hostility that went back for hundreds of years. I'm not just saying that, that the Jews hated them. They didn't like the Jews very much either. Okay? There was this hostility. There was this powerful hatred. The same two-headed monster that makes people hate and go to war today was what was at the heart of this hostility between the Jews and the Samaritans. It was partly religious and partly racial. So the twin monsters of race and religion caused them to hate each other. So I imagine Jesus said, hey, y'all, we're going back to Galilee and the disciples pick up their, their staff and their whatever and 
Then they start heading out the usual way, headed toward the river. We're going to cross the river. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. I've got to go through Samaria. Now, the Bible doesn't record this, but I can't help but think that the disciples were thinking, maybe they didn't say it out loud, Jesus, are you sure you want to go that way? Nobody goes that way. You, you know that there are Samaritans. That, and, and then, you know, the critical part, and then the cynical part is, you can't do anything with those Samaritans. We've tried. You, you just can't do anything with them. They're dogs. They, the, they called them dogs. They're dogs. You can't do anything with them. But instead, they followed Jesus because they thought, okay, maybe we just need to get curious, okay? Maybe God's taking us on a new adventure. Maybe we're going to meet God in an unexpected place. So how is it that Jesus had to go through Samaria? Well, the short answer is he had a meeting. Now, they didn't know that Jesus had a meeting. And the person Jesus was meeting with didn't know it yet. But Jesus knew. They reached a Samaritan city called Sychar. It was about noon. And they sat down by Jacob's well. Because it says Jesus was tired and thirsty. Okay, so this is my second how is it. How is it that Jesus, the Son of God, was tired and thirsty? And it was because that Jesus, the Son of God, is also the Son of Man, human in every way, in addition to being fully divine. Of course Jesus got tired. Of course he got hot and sweaty and thirsty. Of course he did. And he sat down there. And he sent the disciples on into town to get some food because he wanted to be alone because he had a meeting, you see. And lo and behold, a Samaritan woman came to the well to draw water. Now, remember I said it was about noon, hottest part of the day. And women were always the ones that drew the water. And usually they would come together in groups to, in, in the cool of the morning or in the cool of the evening. And I say together because, you know, it's, it's kind of drudgery kind of work. And being together, you get to socialize a little bit while you're just kind of doing this drudgery work. She was by herself. She was there at a time that nobody else was, the hottest part of the day. So... My next how is it is, how is it that she comes by herself at noon to draw water? I can't say for sure, but I've got a good idea. And, and, and my idea comes from verses 18 and 19 because Jesus kind of points out that she's been divorced five times. And as we say in the South, she was shacking up with the guy she was with at the time. Y'all know what I mean? I know I came from the country, but I say, if I say shacking up, y'all know what I'm talking about. She was shacking up with the guy that she was with then. So could it be that she was an outcast among all the women in town? And that's why she was by herself, the hottest part of the day. Nobody else wanted to be around her. She didn't want to be around them. So 
You might be wondering how in the world a woman in that day could have five divorces, been married and divorced five times. Well, we don't know. We just know it wasn't her doing because a woman couldn't divorce her husband. But husbands can and did divorce their wives for just about anything. In Deuteronomy, uh, it, was, it was written that a husband could divorce his wife if she found no favor in his eyes. Now, that's pretty broad. That opens the door pretty wide for interpretation, doesn't it? And that's exactly what happened. The rabbis sat around, talked about it. The, the Mishnah, some of the rabbis taught, well, uh, a husband can divorce his wife if uh, the wife spoiled a dish by burning it or by adding the wrong amount of spice. Some of y'all are smiling and laughing right now. I'm not I'm making any comments. Or a man could, uh, could divorce his wife if he thought that he had married the most wonderful woman in the world, but he found another woman more beautiful. He could divorce her. And in that same book, in the Mishnah, the rabbis taught that a woman could be divorced by her husband if she was a noisy woman. And what was the definition of being a noisy woman? Is to talk loud enough that the neighbors could hear you. Some of y'all are laughing right now and poking each other with your elbow. But look, maybe this woman was a bad cook. Maybe she was noisy, you know? I don't know. But we can't just assume that she was a floozy, that she'd been divorced five times. Or, or... Maybe she was a floozy. Maybe she was. Regardless, Jesus met with her. Went out of his way and met with her. And it was hot and he was tired and thirsty. He didn't have a bucket to draw water with. So here's what he did. He asked this Samaritan woman if she could draw him some water and give him a drink of water. And this is the fourth and this is the most powerful how is it, because this one is a how is it that comes from the woman herself. She says, how is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? And then for the reader's benefit, John puts in parentheses, Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Wow, that's an understatement. That's putting it mildly. Because men in that day didn't even speak to a woman in public unless they were related to them. And Jews did not speak to Samaritans at all and certainly would never, ever, ever, ever ask them for a drink of water and drink out of the same pitcher. And you say, well, that's crazy. That's, that's awful. That's really just bigoted. Why would anybody act like that? Let's stop. Let's be curious. Because it should sound familiar to us. How many of you uh, got to hear Pastor Garrett Harper last, last week? Wasn't he wonderful? Was he awesome? And it reminded me of when I used to have dreadlocks. No, I'm just kidding. It reminded me of when I worked with youth group and I would take them uh, in the summer to on mission trips to urban ministries downtown Birmingham 
And we would always, during that week, take time, and I would take the kids to uh, the civil rights, the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute, the museum that's downtown on 16th Avenue. If you've never been, please, by all means, take some time. It's, it's beautiful. It's well done. It's powerful. It's a powerful experience. So I, t- I take them there, and they would just, their eyes would get so big, we'd go and see the burnt out bus that was burned just down the road in Anniston, uh, the Freedom Riders, the burned out bus of the Freedom Riders. You see the, the jail cell that Martin Luther King wrote the letters from the Birmingham jail is there, and, and they, they all just stopped. They're just blown away by all of this, this, this history, this reality. But what never failed to catch them was we would get to these, these two white ceramic um, public water fountains. And one had a sign that said whites only. And one had a sign that said colored only. And they would look at me like, you mean they, they wouldn't even drink out of the same water fountain as a black person? They couldn't drink out of the same water fountain? They couldn't sit, they couldn't do any of that. It really got them. But y'all, that wasn't that long ago, was it? Some of y'all are old enough to remember that. It's the same mentality. It's the, it's the same thing, the same old story that was going on with Jesus and the Samaritan woman Jesus was trying to reach out to this Samaritan woman and Jesus was trying to give a lesson if the disciples would just stop and get curious, give a lesson to them that rings all the way down through the ages to us that to treat a person, any person who is created in the image of God as if they are less as if they are the other, as if they are unclean, as if they are unworthy. To do that is to fly in the face of everything that Jesus Christ stood for, everything that he taught, every example he ever led. Followers of Jesus can't do that. You say, oh, well, pastor, we just, you know, we can't agree on everything. We can just agree to disagree. We cannot disagree on this and be followers of Jesus Christ. We cannot otherize people and be followers of Jesus Christ. So back to the woman at the well. She said, how is it that you're asking me, a Samaritan woman, you a Jewish man, asking me a Samaritan woman, give you a drink of water. And Jesus said, you know what? It's really not that big of a deal, me asking you for a drink of water. What is a big deal is what I can offer you if you only knew that I could give you living water. Because you see this water that we're drinking today, you're just going to get thirsty again. But living water is something that quenches that deep down thirst that we all have. It can't be touched by anything else except the one who gives the living water. And it's, it's, right, it's right relatedness to God and right relatedness to our neighbor that deep down soul thirst. And that this whole thing, it it leads to an exchange between Jesus and the woman, which is kind of comical. She didn't understand what 
living water meant. She said, how are you going to give me any water? You, didn't, you don't even have a bucket. And then the disciples got back, and they didn't understand either. They're following Jesus. They didn't understand. They got back with food, and they said, Rabbi, I have something to eat. And Jesus said, I have food to eat that you don't know about. And they were like, what? Did somebody go to Subway? And we weren't know how to, you know, we sometimes don't understand either. It's a mystery. Living water, the bread of life. And the fact that, that, that new life is offered to everyone, even a Samaritan woman, even a woman that maybe has a checkered past. And then this same Samaritan woman becoming, literally becoming the first evangelist. Have you ever thought of it that way? She got, leaves her water jar behind, by the way. She came there to get water, but this is more important. Runs back to town and tells the whole town Come and see this man that told me everything I've ever done. Could it be he's the Messiah? Could that be? And many people believed because of her testimony. How is it? I don't understand all of that. But holy curiosity. Stopping long enough to say, hmm. I must go aside and see what's, this all, what's happening here. God, what are you trying to teach me? If, if, if I draw near with faith and, and receive this sacrament, I don't understand. I don't understand how this is the bread of heaven, that this is the cup of Christ. But I'm willing. My, my heart is thirsty. My, my soul is hungry. I'm willing Come, all with thirsty hearts, and receive the cup of salvation. Come, all with hungry souls, and receive the bread from heaven. Amen. I want to um, invite you to turn with me now in, in your hymnal, or if you follow along uh, up on the screen. It's the service of word in table 2, page 12 in your hymnal. and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us conf confess our sin before God and one another. We confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Now we continue with the great thanksgiving in the middle of page 13. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. 
It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, Make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Christ. The blood of Christ shed for you. I need to say a, a couple of things as we begin. Uh, one is a reminder to those who are worshiping by live stream that we are in communion with you even though you're not in the same room with us. So won't you now uh, go and just get whatever you have on hand, wherever you are, and uh, join us as we receive this, this sacrament. We, we're connected to you in that way. Another reminder is for everybody who is in this room, all are welcome at the Lord's table. This is the Lord's table, and all are invited and all are welcome. All who have hungry and thirsty hearts are welcome at the Lord's table, whether you're a member of any church or this church or none at all. And then finally, uh, it's our tradition to kneel and receive the elements that way and to leave uh, an offering on the altar rail if, as God leads you to and makes you able. The communion offering itself is used uh, for our local missions. We have people calling the church, needing help. That's what we use that for. A hundred percent of it is used for that. If you, if you have uh, some orthopedic issues that that prevents you from kneeling don't feel bad about that at all because 
we, we all do from time to time, and knees, hips, back, whatever. Just come and stand, or we'll come and serve you at your seat, however we need to do it. We just want to make this sacrament available for all of you. And then finally, um, our, our choir will come down and be served first, and we have our, our ushers that will direct you uh, on, on where to go from, from there. So now, won't you come to the Lord's table? Now rise and go in peace. May the peace of Christ go with you. Amen. Rise now and go in peace. May the peace of Christ go with you. Amen.
Rise now and go in peace. May the peace of Christ go with you. Amen. Now will you stand for our benediction? We give you thanks, O Lord, for this holy mystery which you have given yourself for us. Grant that we all might go now in the power and presence of your Holy Spirit to give ourselves for others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.